due to technical difficulties, we're <laughs> little. <laughs> well, we'll just call them technical. <laughs> we're glad everybody's here tonight, and trust you come to worship the Lord and experience His blessings. Um, my wife, I, I, my wife posted something about the the Passion Week and what's going on this week, and this thought has occurred to me. Easter is the time we celebrate, our celebration of Easter represents, and I posted this on, or as a reply to this uh, deal she put on Facebook, the Easter celebration is the time when we as Christians celebrate our Independence Day from Satan and from his bondage and captivity. It's, it, it's Independence Day. No longer do we have to be bound by sin. No longer do we have to live under its condemnation. No longer, but we can live free. For he whom the Son sets free, the Bible says, is free indeed. And I'm glad for that. Just, uh, hopefully, Della, you'll think about that, marinate on that one. Think that through your heart every once in a while and just uh, let that bless your heart and life, okay? We want to go to, to begin, before we begin, go to the Lord in prayer. We're think about your prayer request. Reminder of our announcements. Uh, uh, April the 15th uh, is men's breakfast in the fellowship hall at 8.30 on Saturday morning. Um, next, no, this coming, what is the 7th? It's Friday? Yeah. I can't remember it's yeah, today's fifth. <laughs> Five. <laughs> so, okay, we due to technical difficulties, <laughs> we we are having the technical difficulties today. Mm. Uh, this Friday night uh, at so, uh, from seven to ten, there is going to be a youth hangout. So if you know any young people that uh, don't go to church somewhere, I'm sure, brother. Clint and Sister Kim would love to have the kids, and they're going to have a, a night egg hunt. That sounds, <laughs> I hope they got flashlights, but anyway. And they're going to have hot dogs. And so um, just keep praying for our youth, okay, while, while I've got them on, on here. Just keep them in your prayers. Keep Brother Clint and Sister Kim in your prayers as they uh, step up, have stepped in for a while. And they've told the kids, you know, this is just temporary. We, we don't really feel like we want to do this, you know, long term. But God bless them for stepping up and, and helping us. And their little youth group, I wanna, I've want to. i got good news for you. Their little youth group is growing little by little, here, there, and a little there. It's growing. And so we need to keep them in our prayers and keep praying for them uh, that God will minister to them. Um, April the 18th is Heart to Heart, and Carrie Turpin, who goes to church here, slender young lady uh, that sits back with that bald-headed guy every once in a while, young bald-headed guy, uh, <laughs> she has a, a testimony, and from what I can hear and understand, it's, it, it's pretty, pretty interesting, so ladies, you'll want to be there for that. Uh, and that's all I know about. Remember that Sunday night, this coming Sunday night, there will be no service uh, being that it's Easter Sunday, so don't forget that. And if you happen to show up, well, spend time walking around the church praying for it, okay? You know, make good use of the time. If, if you mess up, make good use of the time. So uh, remember that, if you will. Do what? Do <laughs> what? 
Okay, Julie says there may be some eggs left from the egg hunt. Uh, whatever. They better be plastic ones filled with candy is all I got to tell you because I'm not a boiled egg eater at all. My wife can tell you that. All right. Uh, prime timers is April the 29th, and I think we're going to Romans. Romans Italian, right? Over there. I'm almost, I'm almost as bad as Brother Gary. Uh, where am I? Yeah, it's over that way. Uh, but I can remember. So remember that. Remember all of these needs. Let's remember our church. Uh, and remember, oh, Sunday. Uh, the other thing, Sunday uh, after, during church, Children's Church will be having an egg hunt. So uh, the kids that come, and if you know of any kids that are coming, remind them to bring a basket and I think they'll be blessed for that. So remember all those. Anything I missed? Yes, miss? Not that I know of. So they didn't ask to, to speak tonight. So I, I think they're still working on it. Okay, so keep praying. Now keep praying. Don't lose hope. Just keep praying. So remember that. All right. All right. Uh, prayer request. Let's remember those on our prayer list. Uh, let's remember Donna Phelps in our prayers. Remember, and I cannot remember how to pronounce uh, their name right, but Shauna and John usually sit back here. He, Kenny, I think is how it's pronounced. So, if I misspell, if I mispronounce it, forgive me. But she had surgery yesterday. Ooh, okay. So she needs she needs a touch from the Lord. So um, my understanding is the doctor is going to have her kind of bedridden or, or very little activity for the next couple of weeks. And and from what I've seen of her, that doesn't sound like her cup of tea. <laughs> I know it wouldn't be mine. Let's remember Shauna and John in our prayers, and just uh, let's uh, hold them up and remember them in our prayers as well. And uh, Sister Donna Phelps, I mentioned her. Anyone else that y'all? Huh? Oh, Kim. Kim uh, McLemore is not feeling, has sick tonight, and she's not down helping Clint, but uh, I've got confidence in him. He, he'll do a good job. But let's remember Sister Kim in our prayers tonight. God will touch and minister to her heart and her life. All right. Anyone else? Sister Kathy? Good. We love those. Oh, praise the Lord. God God is a God who cures. As with, amen. That sounds, yes, amen. Thank the Lord that uh, Kathy's cousin is much better. The cancer, very little of it to be found, and that's, that's good news in anybody's book. Sister Linda. Yeah, let's remember Linda's daughter. Uh, what's what's our first name, Linda? Stephanie. Stephanie. Okay, so remember Stephanie in our prayers tonight. Anyone else? All right, let's stand, uh, Brother Ron. Okay, meeting next Monday night, one tomorrow night. So, uh, Lord's, this may be a deal. I told somebody, I said, oh, I was talking, talking to Rick and Sherry. I said, you know, the Lord may just sit there and all of a sudden, Wham, there it is. So just, but hold on. Do not let go of what we believe God for. 
and, and hold on to that with everything you got. Let's stand together and let's go to the Lord in prayer and invite his presence in our, in our midst tonight and just ask him to guide and direct us. Father God, we come before you, Lord God, tonight and thank you, first of all, because that you are our God. Lord, that says so much that we do not have the ability to put into words necessarily, but to know that you are our God and we are your people, to know that, Lord God, you watch over us, that your care and concern is greater and mightier than any that we as humans can uh, comprehend or, or even emulate ourselves. And Father, we thank you, Lord, because you're, you are that kind of a God. We thank you, Lord, for this time that we celebrate, Lord, our independence from Satan and from sin. Uh, and we thank you, Father God, that because all that took place, Lord, in, in that, that Passion Week, Lord, it doesn't matter what time of year it really was, but God, it occurred. The important thing is it happened that Jesus came, but he came and gave his life and helped and made it possible for us to have a relationship with you Lord much like the one that probably Adam and Eve had in the garden except for the fact we don't see you face to face but Lord we can know in our hearts we can know in our spirits that you walk with us that you talk with us that you guide and direct us that you minister to the needs of our lives every day Father God times we see them sometimes we don't see them Father but we know that you are the God that so loves us and a Father that is so good to us that we praise you and we honor you and we glorify you Lord God for who you are and what you do in our hearts and in our lives Father we thank you Lord that you're a God that heals that you are a God that delivers and that you are a God who supplies all of our need according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Uh, Father, we pray for, Lord, those that are on our prayer list tonight. Lord, minister to them, minister healing, minister deliverance. Lord God, minister provision, minister, Lord God, is to them, to each and every one of those on that list, Lord. Minister to them spirit, soul, and body, I pray, Father, and show yourself mighty in their hearts and in their lives, Father, I pray. Uh, Father, we pray, Lord, especially, Lord, tonight for those uh, that are sick, we pray for Shauna Keeney uh, uh, tonight, Lord. I ask you, Lord, to touch her. Father God, the, the reaction to the pain medication is not good, but God, you are able to relieve the pain. You are able, Lord, to, to speed the healing process in her body, Lord, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, Father God. And we're asking you right now in Jesus' name to touch her and give her the relief that she needs and rest in her body, Lord, so that the healing can flow through her and touch her, that your healing touch, Father, Father, can minister and he cause the healing to be more speedy than it was intended to be or expected to be, Father God. We thank you, Lord, for the, uh, the, the, uh, the praise report Sister Kathy gave us about our cousin, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healing, Lord. You do heal cancer. You do heal, Lord, every sickness and disease. And, Father, as we look to you, you will show yourself mighty, and we give you praise for that. Father, we pray for Sister Kim McLemore tonight. Father, minister healing to her body. Touch her, Lord God, in her, from her head to her feet, Father God. May your Holy Spirit just surround and envelop her and lift her up, Father God. And Lord, that whatever is what she's suffering with, that Father God, she is being healed right now in the name of Jesus. Uh, Father, we pray for Sister Linda's uh, daughter, Stephanie, Lord God. We pray that you would minister healing to her. Lord, you know the suffering that she's enduring from this surgery and having this foot operated on. But Father God, right now we ask you in Jesus' name to 
together. Agree together, Father God, that she is being healed. Lord, that the pain is slacking off, that it's, that it's easing off. And Lord, that your healing touch is ministering to her today, Lord God, and tonight. And Lord, that this healing, will, Lord, will continue, Lord, and it will grow and it will develop, Lord God, and it will be completely healed up and totally made well, Father God. We pray, Lord, for uh, the, our, our, our pulpit committee, for those that are seeking, Lord, for these, for these uh, meetings, Lord, for tomorrow night, for next Monday night. Lord God, you know what you have in store for us. And Father God, we are going to hold on to you. We are going to keep our faith in you, Lord God, because you have promised to supply our need. And Lord God, you know the need. And I pray, Father, that we as a church, will be so uh, in tune and so uh, calling upon you, Lord God, that when you put that person in place, Lord God, and when they arrive, Lord, we will know that we know that we know, Lord God, that this is the one that you have chosen that will guide and direct and, and, and stir and continue to equip the church to be the church of the Lord Jesus Christ shedding forth the great life and love and power of Jesus in our hearts and lives to those around us, to those in our community and those in our area, I pray, Father God. Holy Spirit, we give you complete, uh, uh, release you at this service into your hands. Uh, Holy Spirit, have your way. Touch every heart, touch every life, and may everything that is done tonight, Father God, be done for your honor, your glory, and your praise. In Jesus' name, and all of God's people said, Amen. Remain standing. We'll join Sister Julie. There is an endless song echoes in my soul. I hear the music ring. And though the storms may the 
troubled times sing when I win I can sing when I lose my step and I fall down again I can sing cause you pick me up sing cause you're there I can sing cause you hear me Lord when I call on you in prayer I can sing with my last breath from singing your praise how can I ever say enough how amazing is your love how can I keep from shouting your name I know I am loved by the King and it makes my heart I am loved by the King
You're the grace within my soul. Yes. No other love can compare. No other mercies when I've done wrong.
join together and praise him father god you gave all to us you gave all for us lord there is nothing less than all of us than we can give to you you're worthy oh god you are worthy to receive honor and glory and praise you are worthy lord god because you have created all things and by you they were and they are created and they were created for your pleasure we were created for your pleasure father god our worship is a pleasure unto you when it comes from our heart when it comes out of our very innermost being and we worship you in spirit and in truth it is pleasing to you it is acceptable to you it is a sweet smelling savor your word says lord god because of you we are what we are Lord, it's not anything that we have within ourselves. It's not anything that we that we own. It's not any talents that we have, Lord God, but it's by your grace and your mercy that we be are able to stand before you by faith and worship you because you have made us who we are. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for the sacrifice of Jesus. But Lord, thank you for the resurrection. Thank you, Father God, that on that third day the stone had to roll away for he who was life itself could not be contained in an empty tomb, in a tomb. He could not be contained. Satan couldn't hold him because he went down. The Bible says he descended and brought captivity captive and he reigns as King of kings and Lord of lords. He is our Savior. He is my Lord. He is my God. He is my salvation and I will worship him and I will glorify and honor the name of the Lord God Almighty and Jesus Christ our Lord Father we worship you tonight we worship you Lord God with all that we are and with all that we ever will be thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord hallelujah hallelujah oh thank you Lord don't want to forget you maybe see if you feel like it you don't want to I always want to be thankful for all we have especially for brother Dennis and sister Julie and their talents and, uh, you're going to be blessed Sunday I'm just going to tell you <laughs> we're going to have a good time Sunday we're going to have a good time tonight if you let God do it you know what I'm saying Let's see, I count more than two or three here, so that means that where we are 
and we're gathered in His name, there He is. He is right here and walking amongst us. I don't know if I'm going to stay up here tonight or not, so they're just going to have to get. They're going to have to get ready. God is good. God is here. And church where God is, things happen. He's not concerned about who all's here. He's not concerned about who, what all's going on in the world around us. God is concerned with being right here with you and I here tonight and not just us. He's there with, with every church that's gathered in His name, that's gathered to worship Him in spirit and truth. He's there too. Whatever you walked in here with tonight, God has already got it taken care of. You know what he's waiting on? He's waiting for you and I to let go of it and let him do what he wants to do. Do you hear me? He's ready to do things. But sometimes, and a lot of times, God is waiting on us. What's he waiting on? He's waiting on you and I to take that first step. He's waiting on you and I to make the move. He says in His Word, draw nigh unto me, and I'll draw nigh unto you. Do you think He said it that way just by accident? No, because God never says anything by accident. That's what I'm convinced of in my heart. When God puts things, when God has His people, His, His writers, His gospel writers write down things, sometimes when He puts things in a particular order and He puts it on their heart, there is a reason for that order because the first thing has got to come first. What is the first fruit of the Spirit? Mentioned in Ephesians or Galatians? Galatians. What is the first fruit of the Spirit mentioned? Love. Love has got to come first. Go, love would not has got to. If we are spirit-filled, true Pentecostal Christians, flowing in the Spirit, love is going to come first. And those other things, I believe, follow in that stair step. Just follow in that. The same thing is true with us. He said, draw nigh to me. That means I have to make the first step. Brother Rogers talked about the lady with the issue of blood. She had to make up her mind. And then when she got her mind made up, the confession of her mouth that she declared before she ever got to Jesus was what got her healing. But she had to do something first. It's going, this, the Lord started this. Now I understand why He gave me the scripture He did. <laughs> because if, as a church, is if as Christians, let me make this personal for you and I. The relationship was started with God. He He made everything possible. Jesus makes it possible. We've been studying the book of Hebrews. And maybe I'm taking too long to get through it, but there's just things in there that I, I don't want to miss something. But the one thing that I understand about that the, the writer's talk, we're like in the ninth chapter of the book of Hebrews now. 
But the one thing that I understand about that, the writer in all of his writing, those first eight or nine chapters to me, he is setting the case for the superiority of Jesus the Christ. He's better than angels. He's better than the law. He's better than Moses. He's better than, than the, the religious system of their day. Unfortunately for them, the religious system of the day was the same one that, that uh, Jesus had to deal with. And the Jewish religious system of his Jesus' day was corrupt. They liked heaven putting on a big show. And I've, I've often wondered, and one of these days I'll find somebody that knows. It's like people were, why were they so scared of the Pharisees? What in the world could they do to anybody? But for some reason, they got their bluff in and, you know, everybody but Jesus was afraid of them. But Jesus makes it possible. And the writer says that we have a high priest. He said, there is this one high priest who once and for all time offered his blood on the mercy seat at the very throne of God. No wonder the Apostle Paul can write Romans chapter 8, There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. And he goes on to say, And if you are led by the Spirit of God, you are the sons of God. You are the children of God. Church, I, I, I would, if there was some way I could open up your head and, and get you to understand what I understand, when I declare to the devil when I declared and thank God for the fact I am a child of God. And it doesn't make any difference whether you think I am or not. It doesn't make any difference what you think about it. If God and I have that relationship, then I am a child of God. And Satan better look out because I am God's child. And Jesus said, whatever things they do, greater things, greater in number, greater in ability, can we do because he's gone to the Father. Jesus is the supreme sacrifice. He is our commander and chief, if you will. It is Him we will follow. For when I look at the book of Revelation, what do I see? When I see Him coming back on that white horse, He is the one leading the armies of heaven back toward this earth. Jesus is in charge. Not me. And everybody said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Amen. I don't want to be in charge. I mess it up. I'm a human. I fail and I mess up. And sometimes I, I do things. My wife asked me this morning. She sent me a text. She says, were you asleep this morning? And I said, and I'm going. And she called me later. She'd get my message. I said, well, yeah. But I said, no, I didn't see it yet because I hadn't looked. She said, well, I sent you a message. She said, were you asleep this morning? And I said, I guess I could have been. Why? She doesn't have to work on Wednesdays. But I took her work backpack, took the key to her car, went out and put her backpack in her car like it was a work day, her, other, her, her normal work day. 
I knew it's Wednesday. I mean, I know I'm, I'm thinking about what I'm going to preach tonight. I'm thinking about what, you know, God's laying on my heart. And, and I just walk out there with that bag in, that, in my hand, get that key, hit that unlock button, open that door, put that thing in there, and turn around and put my stuff in my, my truck and just like walk back in the house like nothing ever happened. Okay? You don't want me in charge. But Jesus, I'm not in charge. Jesus is. Jesus is. Thank you, Lord, that you're in charge. Church, he's in charge. You hear me? Are you listening? Jesus is still in charge right here and right now. Don't let go of that and don't forget it. He's still in charge. Brother Ron, he's still in charge. He's in charge over you guys. He's in charge over all of us. This is his church. He bought and paid for it with his blood, not you, not me, not anybody else. And I'm going to tell you straight up, I belong to him. He bought me with his blood. He bought you with his blood. We are bought with a price, the apostle Paul says. It behooves us to walk worthy of that vocation. Matthew chapter 14, very familiar portion of Scripture to us. <coughs> Matthew 14, verse 22. Jesus has fed the 5,000 men, not counting women and children. My guess is you're talking, he fed 20 thousand people with five loaves of bread and two fishes anybody that has ever worked in the food service business knows five little loaves some little boy sack lunch of five loaves you know mom didn't send him out with foot long bagels about five of them unless he's a big boy I don't know probably not and two small fishes. That's all a growing boy needed. And Jesus takes that and feeds 5,000 men, not counting women and children. And everybody ate and everybody got full. Everybody was satisfied and they could sit and listen to Jesus preach some more and teach some more. The Bible says in verse 22, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. Isn't that interesting? He fed them with enough food to sustain them till they could get back home. Think about that. He knew what he was doing. He was in charge. Verse 23, After sending them home, he went up to, into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. If it was important for Jesus to spend as much time in prayer as the Bible indicates that he did, and he is the Son of God. 
How important is prayer every day for you and I? How important is Paul's admonition, pray without ceasing? If it was important for Jesus, church, it's important. It's more so important for you and I. Verse 24, meanwhile, the trouble, the disciples, the troubles, well, they were in trouble. The disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen. They were fighting heavy waves. Somebody was talking out in the foyer a while ago. Their wife had washed her hair, and he said, well, let's go out. And she said, well, the wind's blowing. You ought to dry it out. And she says, I know it'll dry it out, but. And he said, yeah, and it'll style it, too, while it's at it. And I think that was, she was not tickled with that comment. She, she didn't want the wind styling her hair. We understand strong wind. We live in Oklahoma. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Sometimes I wonder if wind blows that hard anywhere else. Uh, they say it does in Kansas. I, I've seen some, I've been in Kansas a time or two when it was blowing. It was tough. Well, we understand. These men understood that strong wind. They were in trouble. They knew they were in trouble. They knew that their lives were hanging in the balance. These were fishermen, a lot of them. They understood the, the situation very well. I, I would be willing to, 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 to uh, believe that they had known friends of theirs that had died because of some of these sudden storms that had come up and swamped their boats and sank them. I didn't think to do it. I was going to look to see how deep the Sea of Galilee was, but trust me, it was deep enough to drown in. They were in trouble. About three o'clock, they were fighting the heavy waves. Uh, you know, I don't know exactly how big those boats are, but come on. You get a good 40, 50 mile an hour wind howling down across the lake. Do you know what happens to a lake? You don't want to be on it. Not even in a big boat. And they don't have, they didn't have, you know, they weren't sitting out there with, you know, a, they were like a, a big, big multi-million dollar yacht. You wouldn't want to be out there, I don't think you'd want to be out there on one of them anyway. But the thing about it was they were fighting for their lives. They were fighting against the waves. They were doing what Jesus had told them to do. You hear what I'm saying? They were doing what Jesus had told them to do. Three o'clock in the morning. How many of you know it was probably pitch black out there? The moon wasn't shining that night, or the clouds were so thick you couldn't see it. You couldn't probably hardly see your hand in front of your face. But they were doing what they were told to do. I could stop here and run a rabbit trail and preach for another hour on this part of it. 
Just because it's difficult doing what you believe God told you to do does not mean that you got it wrong. Can I buzz that one by you again? Just because it's difficult doing what you believe God has told you to do doesn't mean you have done anything wrong. Well, that's shouting ground there for some of you get a hold of that. I'm one of those kind of, I'll be very honest with you, I'm one of those kind of people, when, when, the, when the difficulties get started, my first question is, God, did I miss you again? Did I mess up again? <laughs> Please, Lord, did I, you know. Did you say something and I was talking so much I couldn't hear you? Or did you say go and I didn't? Or did I just not hear you say go and I should have? I, I look at me first. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't blame it on my wife. I don't blame it on, on my church. I don't blame it on anybody else. I look at me and say, Lord, have I messed up here? But let me tell you something. If God doesn't tell me that I've messed up, then I am going to do my best to keep plugging it away if I have to. One step in front of the other. And so will you. They were rowing. They were fighting the heavy waves. Yes, they were. They were fighting for their lives. They knew the situation they were in. Three o'clock in the morning. Maybe it was clear. Who knows? Doesn't, the Bible doesn't tell us. It didn't give us that information. Jesus came toward them walking on the water. Lovely. Just what you want to see at 3 o'clock in the morning when you're fighting heavy waves is some guy walking across the water. They're scared. Church, understand something. They know the situation, and they are very concerned about the, the safety and the well-being of their lives. And they see Jesus. He's walking across the water. I, I suspect Brother Ron, he's walking just, you know, it's like another day in paradise. You know, just go how disconcerting it would be. If you see something in the middle of the night that's not supposed to be there, the brain starts, you know, and the heart starts going, oh, I'm, I'm, you, you see that? The other night, it's been a while back, but I could have sworn I heard a empty, like a, in fact, we have some of these gallon distilled water bottles and I, I could it, it woke me up from a dead sleep I've heard a one of them empty water bottles hit the floor and of course I'm wide awake okay now what am I going to find prowling around in my house that I really don't want to find I can think you know my first one after you guys have heard me off enough you know what my first thing thought is S-N-A-K-E and I turn on the light and I look and I cannot find any reason or any critters. I can't even find a little 
bitty spider. I can't even find the bottle that fell. I don't know. Doesn't take anything big. We can a little sidetracked here. The other here a while back, my boss called me and when we leave the 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 office building, our, our chapel slash office building. It's not chapel anymore, it was one time, but we have an alarm system. So you set the alarm and then you go out and lock the door and you know, it gives you time enough to go starts beeping and gives you so long and you better be out the door and have it locked and everything quit moving. He calls me later later that evening and says, did you lock the door to the office? I said, yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. You know, of course, knowing me, I'm half asleep half time, so. <laughs> but I can't remember for sure. You know, the, the, that deal is like, I really think I did, but I just, I don't, I can't honestly go back in my head and remember locking that door. So I'm thinking I did, I'm thinking I did, but I'm not sure I did. Well, the alarm's going off. There's something moving. We have, we have motion sensors in, inside the building, and, and the alarm's going off. And I told my boss, I said, boss, for best I know. And he said, well, we'll send the cops out there and have them go look because he got called. And I said, yeah, okay. Well, come find out. The cops went out there and everything's locked up tight. Everything's like it's supposed to be from the outside. There's no... No appearance whatsoever, any break-in or nothing like that. Nothing's out of place. Nothing. And they said, okay, so. And I'm going, what in the world? And no thing I can think of, something set off that motion sensor. I go to work, go to the door, unlock the door, just like because since I'd locked it, unlocked the door, walk in, and I'm thinking, what in the world? And I know which, where the motion sensor's at, so I'm going to look. That far underneath that motion sensor is this little spider hanging, dangling there on his web. And the only thing I can figure was that little bitty spider decided he, because you can see where he'd been up above it, and my, I, the only thing I can figure, he decided that was the time to come down his little web, and he set off that motion sensor. Well, I proceeded to make sure with the flash water that he never set off another motion sensor for the rest of his life because he died not long after, not too soon after that. But how many times do we see things and they make us wonder about what's going on? How many times do we allow the enemy to, con to confuse us or to cause us to get scared and cause us to fear because of something he says or something we see? When God says we have not been given the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. Does it mean we don't get scared? Yes, we can get scared. There are times when you better be scared. You get out on these roads and it's about a half inch of ice on it. You had better be aware. You better be awake. The smallest slip, the smallest boo-boo, and you know what can happen. 
But they're on there, and here comes Jesus walking on the water. Now, the Bible says, when the disciples saw him, verse 26, walking on the water, they were terrified. Just lovely. I mean, here we're fighting waves. We're, we're fighting for our life. And here comes this apparition on the water. Lovely. What next? You know, you can kind of think, it's like, oh, my goodness. Now, the Bible says this, but it says they were terrified. Three o'clock in the morning is not the time you want to see stuff like that. Remember, Jesus sent them over. He didn't tell them he was going to meet them out in the middle of the lake. You boys going over about three o'clock in the morning, I'll catch up with you. Now, he didn't do that. He said, you go the other side. Yes, sir, we're going. Now the winds arose and, and the waves are high and they're fighting for their life. And here he comes walking on the water. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. Verse 27. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. He said, take courage. I'm here. Now, this is not where I'm going with the message, but there's a good place to stop. Don't be afraid. I am here. Not me, but Jesus. He's still saying that, church. Let not your hearts be troubled. You have that responsibility. I'm here. Don't. Be afraid. I'm here. Then G. Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. We know the rest of it, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When he, they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. Okay, now we're getting to my point. My point is, when Peter saw and heard his voice, he said, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Jesus simply said, come on. And here's where, here's where what I feel like the Lord wants me, us to spend a little bit of time real quickly on, in tonight is Peter had to make a choice. He had asked, he'd ask a request. Peter said, Lord, if it's you, tell me come to you. Bid me come. Jesus said, come on. At that point in Peter's life, Peter had to make a choice. I really believe, you know, with all of my heart, had the rest of them asked the same question, they could have too. But Peter had to be willing to obey Jesus and step out of the boat. We have to be willing. 
That's the thing I want you to I'm don't don't I'm not gonna harp on Peter's lack of faith. I want to look at the fact he was willing to step out of the boat. Now you would hope and you would think fishermen probably ought to know how to swim, but not always. I wouldn't if I go fishing out in the lake, there better be a big fat life preserver. For me, I'm telling you, there better be one I, if not one I can grab real quick, or if I don't wear it. But the thing about it is, you know, I'm, I'm not crazy about water over my head. I don't mind being baptized, didn't mind that stuff, but I don't like being out there where I know I can't touch bottom when I go swimming. I better be able to stand up and my tootsies hit the, hit the bottom. <laughs> That's as far as I want to go. For me personally. But Peter stepped out. Peter was willing to do what Jesus, he'd asked for it and Jesus gave him permission. But Peter still had to go. We must be willing. Several, two or three instances I want to think about. Willingness is an act of our faith. Abraham heard God, and God said, Go to a land I'm going to show you. And we'll get to it in Hebrews here in a little bit. But the writer of Hebrews says he went not knowing where he was going. He willingly trusted God and went. Abraham, by faith, offered his son Isaac took him up to a mountain, had him on the altar, had him bound, and had the knife in his hand to pierce and, and to slice his son's throat wide open. Because God had said, go sacrifice your son on that mountain. Abraham could have balked and said, wait a minute, God, you don't believe in sacrificing kids. But he did. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were, built, were willing to trust God in spite of absolute certain death. Daniel was willing to continue praying to the God he served, even though the king's edict was anyone that, doesn't, that does not pray to the king will be thrown in the den of lions. Peter was willing to get out of the boat. Paul was willing to leave after being met, having met Jesus on the road to Damascus. Paul had to be willing to go on to where he was headed to Damascus because Jesus told him, you go there and I'm going to send a guy to you. Ananias had to be willing to go to pray for Paul who was the man that was at that time his name was Saul. He had to be willing. God told him, you, Ananias, you go pray for that man Saul. I'll tell you where he's at. You go pray for him that he'll receive his sight. And I'm sure Ananias is going, Lord, are you out of your mind? That rascal kills Christians for fun. He wasn't doing it for fun. He thought he was doing God a favor. But Ananias had to be willing to trust God to go do what he did. Paul, Peter and John had to be willing to see the lame man at the gate 
And here, and he's begging for alms. And they say, hey, guy, we ain't got no money. You know, Brother Ron, I can see that guy. said, well, what'd you stop for? You know, I mean, he was used to all of his life. That was the way he earned his money. He begged for alms. He couldn't work. But Peter and John, John Peter looks at him and says, oh, we don't have any silver, we don't have any gold, but what we got, we're going to let you have. In the name of Jesus, rise up, walk, grabs him by the hand, and God heals the man. They were willing to obey. The ultimate willingness, picture of willingness, church, is Jesus. In the garden, not my will, Father, but thine be done. Willingness comes with sacrifice sometimes. Willingness comes with not always doing what we really feel comfortable about doing. But I believe this with all of my heart. If God prompts you, and it doesn't have to be anything out of the ordinary. It may be out of your comfort zone a little bit, but it doesn't have to be showy. It doesn't have to be flashy. God may not, probably not going to ask you to stand up and preach a sermon on Wednesday night. It's not out of my comfort zone. I've done it off and on for years. But I'm still not the one who does the preaching. I'm still, I, I'm the voice, but that's it, okay? I'm just the voice. He's, he's the conduit. I'm just opening my mouth and trying to let it flow out. But Jesus is the ultimate picture of willingness. He says, Lord, I, you know, I'd really rather not go to this hour, but for this hour is the whole reason I, I came down here. The whole reason I'm here is because there is a lost and a dying world that needs to be able to have a relationship with God Almighty. A personal, one-to-one -one relationship with God Himself. And Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. And he went to the cross. He went through all of that mockery of trials or whatever. Church, do you understand something? When he stood before Pilate and Pilate examined him, there was nothing in Roman law that compelled Pilate to find anything Jesus find Jesus guilty of anything. Pilate says, look, look, I can't find any fault. In other words, what he said was, I don't find any guilt in the man. There's nothing he's done guilty. I've talked with him face to face. He's an innocent man. He knew. But Jesus knew all of this was done because it was an ultimate plan. And the plan was to give the Christian their Independence Day from Satan and from the bondage and the captivity of sin. We celebrate it. They were willing. Everything that, most everything that got done in the Bible, everything that happened, David had to be willing to go face the giant. In fact, David was kind of eager to go the way I read it. 
He's this. And, but his confession, if you stop and think about it, kind of like the, the lady with the issue of blood, she'd already made her confession of faith long before she ever got to Jesus. David already had his confession already made up in his mind and probably said it many times before he ever got out and saw Goliath. When he went, he said, look, Saul tried to get him the armor. Nope, he can't use that stuff. You imagine Saul was head and shoulders above everybody else in Israel. He puts it on this little teenage boy. Here's my armor. Go take it. Like, Saul, what are you thinking? David, he put it on out of respect to the king. He took it off and said, no, nah, I can't use this. Give me what I know. The Bible says he went out took those five stones, got his little slingshot. Maybe it wasn't little, I don't know, but he took it out there. Went across that brook. Goliath mouthing off and mouthing off. He said, look, you come to me with your sword and your spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord God of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, and the God that I serve will deliver you into my hand, and we will defeat you today. David was willing to go to the battle. He was willing to face the giant. Church, let's bring it down to us today. How much are we willing to do here in this congregation amongst ourselves? If we will be willing, God will bless it. God will honor it. Whatever God lays on your heart. The Bible says, there's a verse in the Bible, and I can't remember exactly where it is, but it says, whatever your hand finds, it, finds to do, do it as unto the Lord. Look for a place. Lord, what can I do? Let's be an Isaiah. Lord, hear my send me. Let's be a Samuel. Lord, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. Willingness will, will give us the victory. The willingness to do something big or the willingness to do something small. But most important of all, the willingness to obey the voice of God. Would you bow your heads in prayer with me tonight? Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you for, Lord, the examples of willingness that we find, Lord, from Genesis through Revelation. Those that were willing to hear, those that were willing to write, those that were willing to, to reach out. Most of all, we thank you for Jesus who was willing to die for us that we might be the righteousness of God in him. Father, I pray, Lord, that you will help us to examine ourselves. The Holy Spirit, examine us. And, Lord, whatever it is that you want us to do, whether it seems insignificant and whether it seems like nobody will ever see it, doesn't matter whether anybody sees it or not, God. You see it, and that's all that matters. Your disciples did what you told them to do. They went across that lake. Peter did what you had asked. You told him he could come, and he willingly stepped out of that boat and walked towards you. Father, I pray tonight for everyone that's here that as a child of God, Lord, that you will just minister to us and help us, Lord, to minister to you. Help us, Lord, to make ourselves more available to you. Lord, because that's all you're looking for. You're not looking for ability. You're looking for availability. Lord, we want to say, here am I, Lord. Use me. Father, I pray for those that are listening may watch this are watching this now or may watch it sometime in the future jesus willingness to go to the cross to be buried in a tomb and but to rise again three days is why every man woman boy and girl on the face of planet earth has the ability and the opportunity 
to make Jesus Savior and Lord of their life and find their independence from Satan and the sin that he enslaves people in. We just simply got to say, Jesus, thank you because you were willing to die for me. And I thank you, Lord, that you did it for me. If I'd have been the only one, you'd have done it for me. And I truly believe that if there had only been one sinner on the face of the earth and all everybody else was righteous, Jesus would have died for one. But he died for us all because we all need it. We can't be righteous without his blood. I pray that you will look to him. Say, Jesus, come into my life. I need you. My life's a mess. But Jesus, you are the one who comes in and cleans up messes. You clean up, Lord, what the enemy has tried to destroy and mess up and, and, and cause it to be unacceptable and unworthy. And I pray, Father, Lord, that they'll pray that. Each one that hears this, Lord, that they will pray that. Especially this time of year when we celebrate the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. I pray, Lord, that they'll understand it was for them, for every one of those. Holy Spirit, help them to see it. Help them to understand this is what he was. He was willing to do this for us so that we might have life in him that we might have eternal life and be able to spend eternity in heaven, Father God, with you. And I pray, Lord, they will say that prayer simply as they know how to say it. And, Lord, that you'll confirm it in their heart and in their life and that they will confirm it by telling someone, a Christian or, or a church close to them that they've made Jesus Savior, Lord, of their life. And I thank you for that. I pray, Father, for this congregation. Lord, that God, for our church as a whole, that you will help us, Lord, to do what we can, to listen to your voice. But help us, Lord, to also know that when we are sent, you're going along with us. You're going to help us. You're going to guide us and direct us through your spirit and what you've sent us to do. Lord, just as you sent those disciples and told them to go to the other side of the lake, they got there. But, Lord... Your intervention in the middle of the night, in the middle of their terrible circumstance, in the middle of their life-threatening situation, you showed up. And God, whatever you send us to do, whatever you lay on our heart to do, you will go with us as we do it. And not only do you go with us as we do what you tell us to do, you go with us every day of our lives. From, the, from 24 hours a day, seven days a week, Father God, for every child of God, you are always right there. And we thank you. And we praise you for it. Guide and direct us, Lord. And Father, as we return Sunday for worship, may there be a great, just overwhelming joy and worship in our heart because of what you have done for us through Jesus Christ. Father, we pray it all in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Thank you guys for coming. We look forward to seeing you Sunday to worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen.